0: The Lord does love a cheerful giver. We have an offering box for tithes and offerings in the back. Okay, if you could turn off your cell phones and rise for the reading of God's word. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We are in the book of Luke. The book of Luke. Chapter 5. The book of Luke chapter 5. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch." But Simon answered and said to him Master we have tol- toiled all night and caught nothing nevertheless at your word I will let down the nets and when they had done this they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking so they signaled to their partners in in the other boat to come out and help them and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word, this picture of Jesus, Lord, and, uh, and all his, his deity in complete control of creation, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that not even one molecule is outside of your complete control. And we, we thank you that just at your word, the heavens move. And the earth, Lord, beckons at your call, Lord. We thank you for that. And Lord, as we just get into this season, recognizing, Lord, as the song set, how you came down to us, made yourself nothing, blessing us, Lord, with yourself, your presence, your word. Lord, give us hearts of worship this morning. Give us understanding. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. So Jesus is about six months to a year into his ministry, and at this point he's a real busy man. Last week, we left off at the end of chapter four, where it appears that uh it appears that Jesus pulled an all nighter It says in verse forty of chapter four. It says, when the sun was setting, in other words, when the sun was coming down, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And then in verse 42, it says, and now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. I Looks like he pulled an all-nighter there. Actually, if you look in the book of Mark it says actually what happened is the next day he he arose a long while before daylight. It says now the parallel account in the book of Mark says, now in the morning, having, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and he departed to a solitary place where he prayed. And so uh, back in, in Luke chapter for uh, uh, 4 there in verse 42. Again, it says, when it was day, he departed and he went into uh, a, a deserted place. It says, the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose, I have been sent. Chapter 5, verse 1 Uh, begins there it says and so it was that the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of god to hear the word of god it's a great scene there why were people pressing in to hear the word of god oh do people the churches make a grievous mistake when they depart from declaring and teaching the word of god You know, people have been leaving mainline churches in the United States of America in droves. Why? Because they have stopped teaching the Word of God. And that is pure craziness. There's an emptiness in our hearts that only the Word of God is ever going to fill. And so why were the multitudes pressing in there in verse 1? Again... To hear the word of God. Verse one continues. It says, "And then he uh, stood by the Lake of Genesaret, which is the uh, the Sea of Galilee, Galilee up there in the northern Israel. And Jesus saw two boats. It says in verse two, standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets." Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And so Jesus is sort of getting mobbed here. You've seen pictures, uh, TV reels or whatever of the, just a celebrity being mobbed, or a, or a politician being mobbed, or uh, uh, or an athlete or whatever, and and this is sort of what is going on here. With one big exception, they are usually doing whatever they can to get away from the crowd, and and uh, and Jesus wants to minister to them. Why? Because. Uh, The Bible says they were weary and scattered like a sheep without a shepherd. In Matthew chapter 9, it says this. It says, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved. The word in Greek there is physically, not only emotionally, but physically moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep. Having no shepherd. You know those two words there, uh, up, up there? Weary and scattered. Really interesting Greek words. The Greek words eklo and ripto. How about that? Literally, they mean fainting and casting down or throwing down. Jesus is moved with compassion for these people because spiritually, emotionally, mentally, they are weary and scattered. They're fainting and cast, being cast down. So scattered sheep is really not really the image. It's, it's, it's sheep that are sort of not only scattered, but just sort of laying about there. And, and they're pressing into him, uh, verse 1 says, so he gets into the one of the boats. It's Simon's boat. Simon is Peter, the apostle Peter. He sits down in the boat, and he teaches, verse 3 says... To the multitudes, there is an emptiness in every one of you that can only be filled by the word of God. And Jesus is teaching them. And then in verse 4 of chapter 5, it says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out, I mean, push your boat out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch, he says. It says, but verse 5, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the, uh, in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Okay. Well, there's a couple things going on here. And this is just rich here, the, the lessons here. There's a few things go- going on, but I want to start with this. You know, the thing I love about this book, the Word of God, the thing I love about it is that here, here you have Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh. He's teaching the Word of God to Peter. He teaches, he first teaches the word of God to Peter, and then he does what? And then he makes himself oh so real to Peter. Don't miss that here. He first is teaching. He's sitting in a boat, and he's teaching. But then the first thing he does is that he makes himself oh so real real to him. This is what I love about the Lord. He doesn't just dump a teaching on us, a a human philosophy or whatever uh, for us to memorize, uh, a a life rule or something like that. Uh, uh, No, he, he makes himself real to us. May not always be as quick as we'd like, but he's do, he does it. He is faithful to do that. I remember as a new believer, it was about three or four months into my faith. I was 22 years old. All of a sudden, a, a I find myself in a set of circumstances. And I mean, these circumstances, they just broke me. I, I was just desperate, emotionally broken. I remember calling my my parents, actually, who had recently become Christian themselves, and and I was weeping to them on the phone, and that's just not something I did growing up. Didn't grow up in a Christian home, didn't do that, didn't express myself, and neither did really anyone else in my family at that level. Didn't know, know of such a thing as family members saying I love you. I grew up in a good family. It's just that you didn't do stuff like that. So I, but I, here I am. I'm broken three or four months into, my, uh, uh, into uh, giving my life to the Lord. And, and I, I remember my father saying to me on the phone, I'm just a mess. I'm weeping. I remember him saying, well, I, I'm going to pray for you. And I went to bed an absolute wreck but I woke up the next morning, and something had lifted. Something had lifted. My circumstances were exactly the same the day went on. I, 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 they remained lifted. I, I was fine the next day. I, I was fine. It didn't come back. Days turned into weeks, weeks into Months. And, and, and all of a sudden, to me, it wasn't just a teaching anymore. It was so real. God was real. Jesus looks over the multitude, and he was filled with compassion because they were weary and scattered, feigning and cast down. He teaches them, but then what does he do uh, it, with Peter here? He makes himself Real. And he also, to the multitude, he said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my burden is easy and my, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, And so he doesn't just stop with the teaching. He will make himself real to you. It's one of the things about being a parent. I can teach my kids every day, <laughs> every week, every month, faithfully, consistently. But, man, they get into their teenage years, and it's like it's out of my control. God has to make himself real to them. And, man, has he been faithful to do that in our family. But so this Jesus stuff doesn't stop with the teaching. He will make himself real to you. So back in Luke 5, it says that when Jesus stopped speaking, he said to Simon, he said, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Now, Personally, I think there is a connection. There's a connection between what Jesus had just taught in Simon's boat and him asking him to do this. I think there's a a, a connection there. Maybe Peter had been listening to Jesus and he was sort of nodding his head, but in the inside he's like, yeah, right. You expect me to believe that (laughs) sort of deal. Or maybe, uh, you know, Peter was nodding his head with perfectly good intentions, but Jesus Jesus was teaching the word of God. Peter's wholeheartedly agreeing, but Jesus knew that what was up here hadn't gone down to here. So when he stopped speaking, it says, when he stopped speaking, verse four, he said, Peter, launch out into the deep. Put this boat out into the deep water and let your net down for a catch. But Simon answered, verse 5, and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I will let down than that. He had toiled all night. Jesus may not have done an all-nighter, but he had. He had done an all-nighter. He's weary. He's tired. He's discouraged. He's probably thinking, I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter. (laughs) I grew up by the sea. That city Nazareth that you grew up in, that's on a hill two hours from the sea. You know, what are you doing telling me what to do? It's the middle of the day. Anyone who knows anything about fishing, you don't go out fishing in the middle of the day. But he says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nut. You know, what I never realized about these first few verses in Luke. I never really realized this until preparing for this story. Where is Jesus? Where's Jesus when all this is happening? Where is he? He's in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. Which just makes me ask, myself, the question to my heart and yours as well this morning, have you been toiling away at something, whatever, spending up all your strength, beaten up, discouraged, weary, not a single fish or whatever it is you're trying to achieve, nothing. Could it be that you've never asked Jesus in the boat? That you've never asked Jesus in in the boat? If you're a child of God and you've been toiling away in your own strength, uh, believe you, me, eventually, God, your Father, your Heavenly Father, your Lord, will see to it that you come up empty. That you come up empty. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And He wants to be right in the middle of anything and everything you do. I love Colossians chapter uh, 3. It says, And whatever you do, whatever, if you're taking notes or if you have a pen, underline that word, whatever you do. Do it heartily with all your heart or with a good heart as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ And whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Okay, now, I don't want you to miss the most important four words of this chapter. Verse 5 again. What are they? Nevertheless, at your word. Highlight that underline it, type it out on a piece of paper and and put it on uh, up on your doorpost at home. This is a life verse. It must be for every person, every man and woman who follows Jesus. I want to go back to the God is real thing. How is it that God became real to Peter? Again, he reached the point in his life where his own efforts have exhausted him, his own efforts have failed him, his own efforts have brought him to an end of himself. So he turns to God, the living God, and he simply does what? He obeys his word and he says, what? Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, remember that verse that we quote so often around here, ever since doing the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, so simple. Want to please God? This is what Hebrews eleven six says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What does faith look like? It is just obedience, simple obedience to God's word, regardless, regardless, regardless of the circumstances that you are in. Lord, I've tried to be a good mom. Nothing seems to be working. I'm, weir- I'm, I'm weary. I'm discouraged. I'm beaten up. I can't do this anymore. Nevertheless, at your word, I will press on. Lord, I've tried and tried and tried in this marriage. It just isn't happening. I want to run, Lord. Nevertheless, At your word, I will stay. Lord, this sin, this sin that just keeps on owning me, this addiction, this preoccupation, this sin. So many times I have fallen into it. It's no use, Lord. I want to give up. Nevertheless, at your word, I will stay in the fight. I will continue. I will resist. Lord, I've been praying about this issue, this person, this circumstance. Nothing's happening. Lord, it's been years, not just weeks or months, years. I, I really don't see the point in continuing praying anymore. But I do know what your word says. Pray without ceasing so nevertheless at your word i will pray lord this ministry that you have called me to this job that you have me in this boss you have me under the roommate i have this financial situation i am in all of the above lord i've toiled all night and caught nothing i've been tr- i i i've tried and tried and tried it doesn't seem to be working nevertheless at your word I will continue to do what I believe you've called me to do. I will continue to be who you have called me to be. I will continue to follow who you have called me to follow. You, Lord, you've called me to follow you. Nevertheless, at your word, I will. Let's continue. Verse six, and when they had done this, They caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, "'Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord.'" Interesting. In verse 5, what did he call Jesus? Master. Here he says what? Verse 8. Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So in verse 5, that word master, it's the Greek word epistides, which means any kind of person who has authority over you, a boss, a teacher, whoever. In verse 8, the word Lord, it's a a Greek word kyrios, which means this. It means he to whom a person or thing belongs. Let me put that one up on the screen. It's it's the definition of Lord, definition of Lord. He to whom a person or thing belongs. Peter went from calling him master in verse 5 to Lord, in verse 8. Interesting. Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. Then it says in verse 9, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Verse 11 says, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and they followed him. I'm reading a book now. It's called Not a Fan. (laughs) Not a Fan by Kyle Idlewood. And the theme of the book is this. Are you a fan of Jesus or are you a follower of Jesus? Many fans out there. The dictionary definition of fan is an admirer, an enthusiastic admirer. So a fan of Jesus is an admirer of Jesus. What's the problem with that, though? What's the problem with being a fan? How about sports clubs? You know, sports teams winning. What happens? All of a sudden, the stadium is full. Lots of fans. Man, they go two or three years and they're losing, that stadium empties right out. Just a few followers. Just a few followers. You know, sort of a crude analogy, right? Because Jesus never loses, ever. However, sometimes the places Jesus takes you, you're not particularly happy going. Sometimes the circumstances he allows or puts in your life aren't exactly great, aren't exactly what you wanted or ever, ever, ever planned on. The problem is this. Big problem. Jesus didn't call fans. He called followers. Look at verse 10. It says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch Now, the parallel account in the book of Matthew, the same story is told in the book of Matthew, says this, Matthew 4.19, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. It doesn't say, you know, be a fan. Be a fan of me and I will make you a fisher of men. No, No one's ever going to be catching any men, no men or women I know, if they're a fan. You got to be a follower of Jesus. And so, Jesus didn't call Fans. He called followers. Now listen, this is important. Peter didn't become a follower until what happened in his heart. I'm convinced that when he was in the boat with Jesus standing teaching, he was still a fan. He was still a fan at that point, but it wasn't until what happened Two things. One, he realized that Jesus was Lord, the one to whom a person or thing belongs. Number one, he realized this guy is not an ordinary guy. He he's in he's in control of all creation number one, until he realizes in his in his heart that he's Lord number two and that he was a sinner. Up until that point, Peter was a fan of Jesus, called him master. But Jesus reveals himself to Peter as Lord, as God. Jesus fills up his fishing nets to overflowing. This Jesus is not just another man. He's not just a great teacher that the multitudes press in to see. He's not just a master. He's Lord. He is the one to whom I need to give my life to the one to I want to uh, I want to belong to. And oh, what a sinner I am standing before him. How far my life is from meeting his holiness, God's law, God's word, his word. Again, I'm convinced that at the beginning of this chapter, Peter heard a message from Jesus. Remember, he, you know, Jesus is sitting in Peter's boat, teaching to the multitude. I'm convinced Peter heard the message. In his head, he was in full agreement with the message, and he probably thought that his life measured up to Jesus' message. Chapter 5, verse 1, again, says Jesus was teaching the word of God. Perhaps he was teaching on faith or in trusting in God. He may have been, for example, teaching in the book of Psalms. There's more quotes from the Psalms in the New Testament than any other book of the Old Testament. Testament. Jesus may have been uh, uh, teaching from the from the Psalms Psalm 37 commit your way to the Lord trust in him and he will do this he will make your righteousness shine like the dawn the justice of your cause like the noonday sun that's Psalm 37 Peter's like yeah man that's me that's me I trust in the Lord that's me I'm the guy that the, that trusts in the Lord Jesus stops teaching, turns to Peter and says, put the boat out into the deep and let down your nets. And Peter says, master, yeah. What? What? What a a thing to say. I mean, we've been toiling all night and we've caught nothing. Wait a second. I thought he was the guy who trusted in the Lord. Peter puts the boat out, though. He throws out the nets The nets fill with the fish. Peter realizes, I am not the man I thought I was. I am the farthest from it. I am a sinner. I fall oh so short of the righteousness of God, of trusting God, of having faith in God. And here I am in the presence of God. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man oh Lord. Jesus says to him in verse 10, he says to him, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why does he say that? Because many people that God calls... When God calls a man or woman, I, certainly it was the case for me when the Lord initially started drawing me to him, Fear enters into the heart. What me, me be one of them people? me be a follower of Jesus? And fear begins to just come in the heart. What am I happening to give up? And, and this and my life is going to get trashed? This is this whole thing. Right, I don't know, get killed, you know, sent to a mission, as a missionary to Africa, whatever. You know, all these thoughts come into our lives, and, and, and no different here. When Peter first sees Jesus, who he is in all his fullness, he has fear in his heart. Jesus says, do not fear, but put down your nets and follow me. Get off the throne of your life and follow me. We're going to have communion this morning. Actually, if the worship team could come up and if you've been asked to, to, to pray, if you could come up now. I just have a a question for each, everybody sitting here this morning. Are you a fan? Or are you a follower? Are you a fan or are you a follower? Have you reached the point in your life where your own efforts have exhausted you, your own efforts have failed you, your own efforts, your own strength, doing things in your own strength has just brought you to an end of yourself. You've come up empty. You've never asked Jesus in the boat. You've been a fan. Jesus, I I wouldn't want to argue with him. He's cool. Jesus is a lot more than cool. He's Lord. The one to whom you need to belong. Communion, which is partaking of the wine and the bread was started by Jesus on the night he was arrested. He was crucified the next day. And it was given to people like Peter who had decided to become followers of Jesus Christ. People who men actually, the men there, the, 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 the apostles who had made him their Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. Tony, can you just step back? <laughs> if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Oh, there's that word again and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Well, the Bible says that because of our sin, because we have disobeyed God's word, we haven't followed it, we've actually despised it, the Bible says, coming out of our mother's womb, despising the word of God. That's what the Bible says. happens to Every uh, man and woman. I didn't. My kids didn't roll out of their mother's womb, and and at two or three years old start you know lying and cheating. I didn't. I didn't teach them that when they were two, three, four years old. They got that from. They inherited that from the sin of Adam. And the Bible says, until that point that you enter into a relationship with God, where you call Jesus your Lord. The Bible says you're under God's judgment. Actually, the song that one of the songs that we read before, uh, the, uh, the message was under God's wrath. And that's why it's such such good news. That's why we sing about Jesus coming to the earth at Christmas time. You don't want to appear before God, having not made him your Lord. Because the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Only then will you be saved. And you're saved until, into an everlasting, wonderful, redeeming relationship with the living God, which is a great adventure. Do not fear. If you've never done that in your life, do not fear. As we uh, begin this morning, the worship team is going to uh, play uh as we're preparing our hearts for communion. There's grape juice and crackers in the back. And at your leisure, you can go back and get them and return to your seat and take communion with us. But if you've never in your life made Jesus your Lord, the one to whom you belong, I'd like you just to settle that this morning by coming up and while the worship team plays and, and talking uh, with me. We can just pray through it. It's not done, we don't become a child of God by anything we've ever done, by good works, by good performance, but rather what Jesus did for us on the cross. He went to the cross. He paid for all our sins, all our sin, all our rebellion our despising the word of God. He put that on himself and he raised from the dead and now he offers a life eternal life to us, making him, which we can do by just making him our Lord uh, by, by faith. Or if, you know, the, man, the, the Bible says that let a man, let a woman prepare themselves before communion. It says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Man, if, if you're a Christian, but you have been toiling away at whatever, throwing out the nets and coming up with nothing in your own strength. And you just want to come beside a brother or sister and and just pray, look, I, I've done everything I, I've needed to do, but I, I I just need the Lord's help here. I need God to be real, to become real to me. Come up and pray with us. You know, we've come into, we're here, we're, the, we're a family of God, before the family of God, we need to be vulnerable with each other. Family's not family unless you can be vulnerable and honest and, and transparent before each other. Or if you want to, just pray about anything else. Just you can come up while the worship team begins, and uh, and in your in your, in whatever time you feel is appropriate, you can go back and get uh, the grape juice as you just worship. Uh, it's a time of worship. It's a time just of prayer, a time of remembrance, remembering that it was the blood of Christ represented in the grape juice that has cleansed us from all sin. It's the, 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 his body that was broken for us represented in the bread uh, that has made us, that is actually that has healed us, is by his stripes we're healed. So the worship team will begin. Please come up. And pray, and and let's have a time of.